let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Driving in the city is getting more and more dangerous lately. Traffic fatalities in D.C. are up 50% this year, but enforcement is way down. There are more than 6 million traffic tickets in D.C. that have not been paid. And the DMV has come out and said its system is too old to hold license suspensions to account. Now, the city is sending out texts and mail to high-risk drivers to remind them to obey the law. Honestly, it's all a bit of a mess. Jordan Paschal, transportation reporter for WAMU, is here to explain why D.C.'s traffic enforcement is so haphazard and what's being done about it. Today's Wednesday, June 28th. I'm Bridget Todd, and here's what D.C. is talking about. So Jordan, 6.2 million traffic tickets have been issued but have not been paid. How are people just not paying their traffic tickets? Like, are there consequences? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the uniqueness of the region. And the reason why is because most of those traffic tickets are from Maryland and Virginia drivers. And I don't know if you know about this thing called reciprocity. It's uh, this concept that, like, basically, if you're pulled over by a cop and the cop reports this ticket to your state and you don't pay that ticket, you basically get barred from renewing your license or your registration, that sort of thing. But with all these camera tickets, that does not happen in our region. So a lot of these drivers are Maryland and Virginia drivers that just basically don't have any repercussions and just hope they're not going to get caught. So that's how that's happening. So if you're a Maryland or Virginia driver and you have camera tickets in D.C., there's not really a lot of reason to pay. Like you can kind of get away with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people hate these cameras, and I think there's a, a an element of safety to them that there's supposed to regulate uh, speed and keep everybody safe. But a lot of people don't like them, and basically, the only repercussion that you have right now is a booting and towing crew, and you just hope that you don't park on public streets, and that's not going to happen to you. So, there's a lot of loopholes in in this system in, in our region. Is booting and towing the only way to enforce parking tickets for out of state drivers right now? Pretty much. I mean, both states, Virginia and Maryland, have not been cooperating um, with D.C. They basically have wanted to enter into these reciprocity agreements. And uh, Maryland and Virginia said, why would we do that? That is going to hurt our residents. That's a ton of bureaucratic work for our DMVs. Like, we're not interested. So they're not looking at it from much of a safety perspective as more of a this is extra work perspective. So speaking of safety, does this mean that D.C. streets are not safe to drive on? Or does it mean that there are just too many tickets being issued for, you know, pretty minor offenses. 
I don't know. I mean, I think about it in like it, so much of safety is perception. And I think the same thing can be said about crime and crime on Metro that like it's not so much what stats and tickets and all these numbers tell us. It's what we feel and see and deal with on a daily basis on the road. So going back to your question, yeah, I mean, it certainly feels unsafe to me out there. You know, I've certainly had experiences with, you know, cars speeding around me if I'm taking a full stop at a stop sign or just running red lights or, you know, going 60 down a 25 or 30 mile per hour road. There's just a lot of instances. I mean, I feel like everyone's got some sort of, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened story. Maybe you do too, Bridget. I don't know. Oh, definitely. I, I definitely get what you mean about the perception, the, the internal feeling that DC streets are not safe. How much has this cost the city? Well, quite a bit. Uh, it's $1.3 billion that are outstanding tickets right now. But a lot of that is because Maryland and Virginia drivers, they don't have to pay, honestly. Kind of what is driven a lot of this conversation in recent months is that Mayor Bowser has dedicated those funds towards the general budget where um, the council thinks it's you know, should go back into street safety funds, that if you get a ticket, that that's going to pay for the next street renovation to make those streets safer. So, you know, there's kind of been that debate over the last few months. So I know that's part of it, but it's also more than just what it's costing the city and the monetary cost. You know, it's more than just parking violations. There's also been really bad accidents where folks have lost their lives. There was the big one in Rock Creek Park where a driver was going 100 miles per hour. She killed three people. And then later it came out that she had some major driving violations before including DUIs. How was somebody like that still on the road? Yeah, I mean, this woman had five DUIs over the last handful of years. Uh, I think more than $12,000 worth of camera tickets, which again, kind of goes back to those loopholes. There's not a whole lot of mechanisms that get people physically off the road. The DMV says that she should not have had her license, that she should not have been driving. Some of those DUI convictions uh, did not get They got properly communicated from the court to the DMV. The DMV didn't properly process those to basically prevent her her from driving. But yeah, she got behind the wheel, decided to go 100 miles uh, speeding away from police and and killed three people. So it's it's a really tough situation and it shouldn't happen on our roads. It absolutely shouldn't happen. And I can understand the perception that people feel like they're not safe out on the roads when that kind of thing is happening. And there are all the different loopholes like you've mentioned. I know a lot of local drivers have fake or expired license plates. How are folks getting getting away with this and why is this a rule? Yeah, it comes down to enforcement. I mean, you know, people have seen that DC's very forward-facing enforcement is going to be through these camera tickets. And if you don't have an actual license, they can't trace it back to you. So, you know, creating a fake license or a temporary one or basically makes them what New York has called at least ghost cars. And in New York City, they have really clamped down on trying to figure out getting these people off the road, arresting them. DC police have said that they've arrested 1,200 people for this offense in the last couple of years. So, you know, they say they're trying to attack it, but there's a whole ecosystem of, you know, shady car dealers that are selling these things. And there are people that obviously maybe can't afford to renew the proper way. So they do it kind of this, you know, workaround way that's cheaper. I mean, mean, give these things for 30 bucks for a couple months. So there's a whole ecosystem and and DC has not, they've created a a task force around it, but they have not 
solved the problem by any means. So still a lot of work to be done in that um, realm. And, and really what it came down to last year, the, this task force met and they said, you know, we're really concerned about equity and how this would affect um, black and brown residents, um, people of low income in, in the region. They said there's serious equity concerns. But I think the, the conversation at the council is how do you balance equity with accountability and making sure that, you know, people aren't being safe on the roads. It's time to get dressed up, DC. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree that's to help raise funds for homelessness in DC. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow. There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support Sum's Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sum.org slash spring soiree. That's S-O-M-E dot O-R-G slash spring soiree. See you there. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. Obviously, this has been part of the conversation, right? D.C. government has gotten kind of a lot of heat for their inaction, but also from folks who want to make sure that things are being, you know, managed in a way that's equitable, that are not harming, you know, the most vulnerable citizens in D.C. What is the D.C. government doing now? Well, so the mayor has established a task force looking at how equity plays into automated traffic enforcement because it's kind of a cyclical issue or a circular issue, more or less, where, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, you know, the highways tore through these poor uh, neighborhoods, mostly black and brown residents, to build highways. So you've got the most dangerous fast roads in these neighborhoods where these people live. And in order to make those roads safer, you know, they're putting these traffic cameras there to slow roads down. But then those people are more likely to get tickets because of where those cameras are placed, which leads into a cycle of poverty and debt. And so it's kind of this, you know, circular thing where they're trying to figure out, okay, how can we basically equitably make sure that traffic is enforced while also making sure that our roads are safe? So I know part of that safety initiative was this traffic roundtable from Councilmember Allen. Who was at that meeting and why should we care? Like, was it actually going to be something that makes a difference in the city, you think? The council has these marathon hearings a lot, and I've attended a lot of them uh, since I've covered transportation. And this one was no different. It was six hours long. Um, there was victims of, of traffic crashes, um, people that had, you know, worked on equity and, and ticketing. There was 
all sorts of neighborhood advocates. And so a, a lot of voices at this table. And basically what Councilmember Allen, who is now in charge of the Transportation Committee for the first time, he wanted to figure out, like, is uh, automatic traffic enforcement kind of ensuring meaningful consequences? What is the definition of reckless driving mean in DC? It's different in Maryland. It's different in Virginia. You know, is the definition of reckless driving accurate for what it needs to be in today's world? They talked a lot about the reciprocity issues with Virginia and Maryland. They talked about whether if fines aren't working to change behavior, can you assess points for camera tickets instead, which, you know, after you accumulate so many points, that would get your license suspended. So, a lot of topics. Councilmember Allen says that he will definitely have legislation coming out of these roundtable hearings. He had a lot of ideas. We don't know exactly what that will be yet, but look forward to following that in the next couple months. Do you think the city will be doing any more booting or towing? I know that you mentioned that the crews are limited. Yeah, I think there's only seven right now across the city, which you know isn't even one for each ward. I don't believe they got any more money in the budget to for more booting crews. One of the largest criticisms was that they're kind of just blanketing the city right now when I think some council members think that they should be targeting the worst offenders. Now, DPW, the Department of Public Works, basically says that takes a lot of time and effort to really find and go after those individual people. So that's something that they're getting more license plate readers on vehicles and stuff that will eventually be able to alert them of a specific person that has, say, $20,000 in tickets or something like that. But I've seen a few Reddit threads and Twitter comments lately that, oh, I see more boots on cars in my neighborhood, which is a good thing because, you know, it's getting people off the road. But it's not enough yet, I don't think. And, And council members agree. Do you have any sense of what that legislation would look like? Yeah, I mean, there's been a few things already pitched. The idea of assessing points on licenses instead of just fines. There was some ideas of talking about like the fine structure and how that works. You know, right now it's like a hundred bucks or something like that. If you get a speeding ticket, you know, could that be tied to income? You know, another idea is looking at kind of speed camera corridors instead of, you know, single speed cameras. Because a lot of what happens right now is people slow down for that speed camera and then speed right back up. They know where it's at. But those one gentleman that has studied this and has an idea to create sensors that are smaller that could be placed on each block. And instead of, you know, that giant $100 fine, you would get, say, like a $10 fine to like nudge you and be like, hey, we realize you're speeding, like, let's not do this. And so they say an immediate fine is important. You know, right now it might take a couple weeks to get to your house. A nudge is the way that they put it, is if you get a $10 fine and and they say, hey, let's not do that, does that kind of change the calculus for people? So the behavioral side of this is so hard to get at because driving is such what a lot of people I think that driving is just a given right in the country. It's such a part of our culture, but driving is really a privilege. I mean, we saw somebody fly off over uh, an interstate on ramp. We don't know how fast they're going flipped over, you know, landed on top of another car, you know, multiple fatalities there. So there's so many instances that we see every day in, in our region that just the bad driving just has such awful consequences. And I've talked to the victims, uh, people have gotten hit by a car while they're walking or lost a daughter um, in a car crash that we think just the speeding is like, oh, it's not that bad or not fully stopping. Oh, it's not that bad. But the consequences are so harsh uh, for families that don't want anything to do with this stuff, but they're thrust into these situations. I did a story last year and I hoped it changed some minds, but I, I don't know if people kind of fully grasp how much of a right or how much of a privilege and responsibility that driving really is. I mean, I'm so glad that you put it that way. It's very easy to think that we're just talking about 
people who are scofflaws of a few tickets or speeding mm-hmm. or things like that. But it's a serious issue that has a serious cost, and that cost is people's lives. It is an issue that has very serious consequences for our city. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there was a woman that was talking at, at this roundtable that her husband was on a motorcycle and a, a GMC Yukon, which is a gigantic SUV, plowed into four cars and into him, um, basically broke as many bones in your body as you think you can. And, you know, the driver of that vehicle was supposed to be at a court appearance that day for another active crash um, that killed somebody 20 miles away in Prince George's County. So it's like there's these systems that aren't quite working, that there needs to be some sort of mechanism to get dangerous drivers off the road because we know who they are. We have the data. It's just what's the enforcement to actually get them off the road. Jordan, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me for talking on this important topic. Before you go, here's producer Julia Karen with some quick news. A third woman has accused John Falcicchio, Mayor Muriel Bowser's former top aide of sexual harassment. This woman was seeking contracts with the D.C. government when she says Falcicchio propositioned her for sex, revealed his genitals during a meeting, and denied her business opportunities when she refused. A city investigation has already substantiated two other accusations of sexual harassment by Falcicchio. Be sure to tune in to tomorrow for analysis about what this latest update says about how the mayor's office runs. Also, the D.C. State Board of Education voted last week to revise the social studies education standards for the first time in almost 20 years. The new standards call for teaching to reflect the contributions and experiences of the LGBTQ plus community. Meanwhile, in Montgomery County, several religious groups rallied at yesterday's school board meeting in protest of the county's new gender and sexuality curriculum. The protesting parents say students should be able to opt out of the teaching. Finally, a Marvel movie seems to be filming in D.C. this week, causing road closures through Thursday morning. The restrictions are mainly near the White House. Many speculate that a Captain America movie is to blame for the gridlock. Exciting news for superhero lovers, bad news for us traffic haters. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then. Sorry, my cat is like losing her mind down here. I'm going to hold her in my lap. Hopefully she's just like really, I don't know.